0: So I do a lot of tables at the different campuses, uh, recruiting students for the study abroad and travel abroad programs. And usually when I'm at a table, I run across a guy by the name of Michael Ouer, who is uh, based at North Campus and is a student success coach. And Michael is always out there directing and helping different students uh, find the information they need and always being real helpful. So. He's a guy you've probably seen floating around, especially at North Campus. And he also um, is the uh, guy that runs the Michael Orr Show on the YouTube channel. And uh, you'll see a lot of different topics, including uh, the study and travel abroad. He did a great one a few months earlier than that on the fear or Islamophobia. Um, So you wanna definitely check out that link and I'll put his link to the Michael Ur show on, um, you know, the Facebook Travel Abroad as well as my LinkedIn profile. And if you get a chance, check out some of his shows because it's really impressive. But back in um, March of this year, I asked to be interviewed uh, about travel and study abroad and Michael set me up and did a half hour interview on the program. And he had a guy by the name of Justin Silver who's a Wake Tech student Interview me and Justin did a phenomenal job asking the right questions and he was confident and he was real smooth. So you'll see that uh, this Wake Tech student by the name of Justin Silver definitely has a career in some sort of media or radio station or whatever. So um, I'm gonna play the interview that um, Justin and Michael did on Travel Study Abroad, and it has a lot of useful information for anybody that is uh, considering it. So hang on, and um, I'll let you listen to it.
1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Michael Yurt Show. I'm Justice Silver, a student at WayTech, and today our guest is Associate Professor Jeff Myers. Thank you for being here today. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you. Uh, my first question is going to be, for today, is what brings you to the Mike Wheeler Show? I've seen a lot of uh,
0: Mike Wheeler's work at Wake Tech, and uh, I thought it would be a, a really good way to get the word out about our ever-growing program, and so when I was lucky enough to get the invite, I see Mr. Wheeler all the time around campus, I thought now is the time as we have a lot of trips coming up in 2020,
1: 2021, and 2022. Okay, um, so. You are in charge of the study abroad uh, program. I right. coordinate uh, most of the trips. Uh, we do have uh,
0: Dr. Neal that is a co-coordinator, um, but uh, we started this back in twenty eleven, and uh, with the trip to China. And since
1: then, we've been—I think it's about twenty three different countries with Wake Tech students. A lot, of trips. a lot of trips. So, what made you start the traveling back in twenty eleven? What made you tell yourself, "I want to"? Creative programs where students yeah. can travel abroad? Uh,
0: my uh, old office mate, Johnny Scholl, he uh, was interested in going to China and taking students. And he was talking in the office, and I overheard him on who around Wake Tech is actually taking students on trips when yeah. we have a huge student base. And, um, you know, I, I got in a conversation with him and I said, if we find out that nobody's doing it, let's start one. Oh, so you were the first to do it? Yes. Well, there were other trips uh, here and there, but there was no systematic, um, you know, regular trip person. So uh, technically, no, but 2011 was kind
1: of the start of what we have today. And how was that trip in 2011 when you went to China? Uh, Fascinating. What were some of the experiences? Uh, Great Wall, Shanghai,
0: Beijing... Uh, seeing a country with 1.4 billion people, wow. trying all different type of foods. I think that trip we had 18 or 19 people, yes. so it was, uh, it was great. And then after that, uh, in 2012, we did a little more familiar trip where we took 18 students to Western Europe, and we did a London, Paris, Munich, Switzerland, and Germany tour. And uh, it just kept growing from there. The following year we went to Eastern Europe and hit Poland, uh, Prague, Czech Republic, Slovakia, and Hungary. Uh, Then we went back into Spain and well, actually 2014 we did our first trip to Asia in terms of Southeastern Asia with Vietnam, Cambodia, and Thailand. That was another 20 people. we did Spain, we did Costa Rica Nicaragua. Uh, we have been to Cuba four times. Uh, Wake Tech was actually the first community college to get a license to go into Cuba back in 2013. So we, uh, we've been to Cuba four times, we've been to Iceland. Uh, I did a joint trip with uh, William Peace University to Qatar, and that was uh, an incredible experience seeing the world's richest country in the Middle East. The world's richest country? World's richest country. And then uh, last year we did Dubai. How was that? Uh, like, I say this about every trip. Incredible.
1: Um, hard to describe unless you've been there. Have you ever had, like, a bad experience traveling? Or all of them have uh, Extreme tiredness, I would say. From jet lag?
0: Uh, yeah, or sometimes uh, some of the trip, there's a lot of walking. It's never bad. It's an experience, um, but uh, there's been a couple... Uh, including myself students who just sheer exhaustion and I think uh, you know one or two passed out on the bus I didn't know if we were gonna get them up so um,
1: But really never a bad experience okay. Okay. With being the, in the position that you are in as the coordinator of this program How does it feel to be able to give these students the opportunity to travel and see the things? They've probably never seen before or that some won't get to see. How does that feel? It's life-changing um, you know, you come back from a trip, and parents
0: uh, come to pick up their son or daughter, and they 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 tell me thank you for this experience uh, for their their child. Um, you know, they talk to them while the students traveling via Skype or line, and they say, you know, they they ask different questions. They're they're very interested in something, mainly travel, and this has been a life changing experience, and it happens year after year. We have testimonials on our website. I think there's 120 of them uh, from students and parents and participants that uh, wish they would have done this when they were students. And we have had students that have been on seven trips in the, since 2011 because it becomes addicting,
1: uh-huh,
0: and sure. you know it changes your whole outlook on people, on places, on cultures, on stereotypes. And, uh, you know, I personally feel that you, everybody in high school or college should, should do a study abroad trip. Um, I did one in 87 uh, to Salzburg, Austria, uh, through Illinois State, lived with the family, uh, traveled Europe, and I know I came back as a different person. Um, prior to even going to Austria, I didn't know where Austria was. And um, it really motivated me to take a step back and say, what, the differences around the world are really interesting. And it motivated me to want to learn about geography and foreign language.
1: And uh, it's just an all-around great experience. Are you fluent in any other language? I wouldn't
0: say fluent, but I
1: can speak German. You can speak German. Yes. Was that a tough process of
0: grammar? Um, I would say very tough. Um, four years in high school, four years in college. But living with an Austrian family who only spoke German
1: definitely helped. Now, when you took that trip in 87, yes, before, what was your mindset on the outside world before going out of the country? I mean, I did traveling internally. I had been actually to Canada once and Mexico.
0: Um, but, you know, I, I mean, it blew me away. Um, how clean everything was in Austria, how organized everything was, how beautiful everything was, nothing's out of place, and, it, and today
1: it's the same case. With most countries that we go to, it's completely different than what you think. Speaking of stereotypes, there's a portrayal of other countries and foreign nations as sure. being uh, third world or impoverished. When you go to these places, how do you view them and you see them? Is it totally different? Totally different. I mean, for example, you know, Cuba, uh, since we've been there four times,
0: uh, you know, what we see on the news and on the media, the portrayals of Cuba, everybody's trying to get off the island, everybody's unhappy, Uh, you go to Cuba, it is day and night celebration. Out in the streets, people listening to music, um, drinking rum, um, dancing and singing. It is just completely different than what we hear or see on the news. How did you get access to be able to get into Cuba? Uh, Well, a company that we use for a lot of our trips other than Salzburg, based out of Boston, the name of the company is Explorica, and um, I, she called me up in 2012 and said would I be interested in taking a group from Wake Tech to Cuba, and that the visa was there for a community college to, to do this trip. At that time, Cuba was really closed off to what they call people to people tours, and um, I took eight people down there, and we just could not believe it, so I went back 2014, 2016, 2017, and right now it's a lot tougher to go on an exchange program, so
1: hopefully that'll reopen and I'll do it again with Wait Time. What was your favorite Cuba trip? Do you have a certain... Year that was I think favorite? the first one. The first one?
0: Landing in a place that you've heard so much about, and just okay. being blown away with what you see and how different it is. is it was eye opening? F- eye opening. The, the food is unbelievable. Um, the music and the dancing and just, and and I've said this before, there is no culture with nicer people than in Havana, Cuba. Cuba. Everybody loves Americans. Everybody, you know, we we were invited into homes for coffee. Um, People were uh, just interested in talking what we thought of their culture and they love American culture. Um, They know a lot about American
1: culture and they were just very very genuine. It's very hospitable uh, people. Uh, hard to describe. Yes. Question, um, out of all the places you've been to, what, has, what place has like the most extravagant, nicest food, like out of all, who has the best?
0: Well I think, um, you know, European, uh, Salzburg for instance, has a ton of Middle Eastern food now. Kebabs, uh, Turkish food, uh, you know, when I was a student there it was just the Austrian cuisine, now I think it's a hundred different restaurant nationalities or uh, cultural restaurants that fill up Salzburg, so you can get anything you want. In most countries, big cities, if you don't like the local, they have, uh, it, we're so culturally diverse now
1: and uh, you don't have any problem finding food. You can always find it everything, Why do you encourage students to travel? Life changes. Um,
0: opens your mind to new possibilities um, you know in today's world especially business students being able to speak a foreign language um, opens doors being understandable of different cultures opens doors uh, the chances that you will interview with somebody from India or China or Japan or Germany is very high especially with the research Triangle Park so Students that have come back from my trips, and I would say every one of them has an appreciation for different cultures. Uh, Much more tolerant, much more patient. And, um, you know, employers can feel that when you're interviewing. And they're excited about travel, they get addicted to it. Uh, They want to know where places are, so they get better at geography and more confident in conversations with people. Uh, from other cultures because, you know, they've read up on it or they've watched the news about it. And so um, it's just a life-changing
1: event that gives you a lot of culture and, I think, opportunity. For the students that travel abroad with you, what do you hope they achieve from the overall experience? Is there something that you want them, like one thing you want them to leave with if they don't grasp anything? uh, Uh, An
0: appreciation for what other countries have that we don't have. And for an appreciation coming back of maybe what we have that other cultures don't have, uh, for example, in Nicaragua, Costa Rica, we went to a school where uh, the only separation between classrooms was like chicken wire, and yet the kids were running around happy, and they had their little seats with you know a, a blackboard and a chalkboard and. They were engaged with the teachers, and they really, really had a lot of fun. I know a lot more fun than I did in school, (laughs) and yet they really had nothing. And, you know, to come back and and see what what our uh, culture offers in terms of education, and sometimes maybe we don't take advantage of it as much as maybe a culture like Nicaragua that doesn't have anything, and they
1: really are into education. So that's one example, but there's lots of them. Being that the world is becoming globally diverse and all countries are becoming in some way uh, connected with each other, how important is international business for the up-and-coming Generation Z, Millennials, and the future generations? Well, um, if you are open to other countries, then your door
0: on job opportunities is 195 different countries versus one. We're only, four, we're only one of 195 countries. If you're fluent in Spanish and you're interested in marketing, you can work in South America, Central America, Spain, versus just working here if you are open to living in another culture. And every single trip we've done, every single student we have brought back has said to themselves, I would love to live in another country. Uh, but today you need to speak the language. So it's real important that if you want to live in Germany and work in Germany, that you speak German. Or at least are learning the language because, uh, you know, countries want to speak their own language. And there's a lot of competition from other students looking for these jobs that if they speak the language and you don't, they're probably going to get the job. So um, it's it's just a huge opportunity to jump into
1: a job, uh, where uh, you wouldn't have that opportunity if you didn't at least know about that country. Do you think that within business today, or in the job market and careers, there's more competition, not just from within our own country, but just throughout the world globally, because there's so like there's so many other countries competing in business sure. and business growing and things of that nature. Yeah, we're global. How do students or yeah, how do students get into you know the international business? How do you go about that besides well, I, learning the language sure. and things of that nature? Uh,
0: taking international business courses, uh, traveling,
1: uh,
0: going to international seminars, meeting different cultures and becoming friends with people in your community, um, uh, you know, finding your niche, having a skill, uh, research a place that you would like to live. What are they looking for? What's the need there? Um, getting out there and
1: testing the waters. Uh, you have to make it your own. Um, as far as business and countries, out of all the places you've been to, what place had the most thriving market that you've experienced? Other than uh, Dubai? Yes. Because <laughs> that's, that's a sure. very serious country. Um, you know,
0: I think uh, Beijing, China uh, comes to mind. Uh, Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, Hanoi, Vietnam. Uh, Munich, Germany. Uh, you know, London. All these cities have things, uh, big cities, a lot of opportunity, a lot of industry. So um, even small towns like Salzburg, tourism. A town of 200,000 people had 8 million visitors last year. So you can imagine the revenues and dollars coming into a city that's size. So,
1: um, you know, tourism is such a huge part of the world economy today, it's scary. You speak of all the good things. Is there anything or potential uh, risk or factors that people, students, should be worried about when they're traveling abroad? Well, uh,
0: something today,
1: coronavirus.
0: Um, You know, we we're keeping an eye. The whole travel industry is keeping an eye on it uh, because they don't know the impact right now. So there is a lot of fear Um, right now. You have Japan, Italy, um, China, and South Korea with the major outbreaks. So for any college or community college that has a study abroad program, I am sure those are being canceled. Um, But uh, most of the countries have containment strategies. We're actually watching very closely for our trip this summer to Austria and our trip this summer to Australia and New Zealand. Right now things are fine, but we're watching it. That's a risk. you know, uh, you look at countries we go to. Uh, the overall risk in terms of safety and crime is a lot less than what we see here in the United States. So, um, you know, we always look at that as well. Uh, you know, any type of travel there are some risks, but it's risky to drive in this in Raleigh. Yes. It's risky to cross the cr- cross the street, um, and. So, you know, we look at them, but
1: it doesn't stop us from getting on a plane and going to the other side of the world. What do you think of the coronavirus and the place it I'd, came from? Do you think about it? Well, as
0: I, as I was talking to you just before this, and I've heard some very interesting comments about Wuhan, China, that it's, uh, it's a dirty place and it's, uh, you know, a, a small city with all these live animal markets where the virus originated. Um, you know, I, I would strongly recommend somebody to go to YouTube and put in Wuhan, China. As you saw. Oh, it's a very nice place. Yes, it's, it's absolutely incredibly beautiful. And um, it's shocking. So, uh, you know, whenever you see or hear about a place, I think it's really important that you go to YouTube. And you put in that city. And you take a look for yourself and just see, like I do, how wrong you
1: really are almost opposite of what you think. So before the virus, were you uh, familiar with Wuhan? No, w- w- Wuhan Wuhan. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm familiar. I have never been there, but okay. familiar. It's a, a okay. major, major city. So why is it that the media is portraying it as being a place that's impoverished and doesn't?
0: I don't think the media is. I just okay. think that people who hear, hear it. about it assume- put those two together. I don't think the media is saying that. They're just not showing.
1: What it looks like today, it's gorgeous. So people are just running with the narrative and taking it for a That happens a lot. Okay. In, the, in the situation right now, would you still travel right now? Would I travel to Wuhan? Not no. Wuhan. Would you travel abroad? Sure,
0: you would. Yeah, I would. Okay. Taking, taking precautions like the regular flu or a cold. Wash your hands, wipe down the seat on the airplane, stay out of big crowds until we really know what, what's going on. There are some precautions
1: no matter where you are US, Austria, Thailand, India. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, sanitation, how are the bathrooms abroad like? different? I know they're all different. different. Okay. Um, and we could do a whole show on bathrooms around the world
0: because they are different and they're very interesting. Uh, for example, the McDonald's in Paris, you pay a euro to use it, and there's always a gentleman with a tuxedo outside the bathroom. And as you go into the bathroom in a McDonald's, um, in France especially, there are, they have live plants. And it's like, it, it's just nothing you can see here. <laughs> um, you know, there's different, uh, you know, I've
1: noticed they're a lot cleaner abroad. Okay.
0: Let's just put it that
1: way. Oh, they're more cleaner. That's surprising. Wow. So you had to pay to use the bathroom. In Europe, you pay to use the restaurant. Is that all throughout Europe or just where you were all at? All throughout Europe. So you had... So you
0: always carry a little bit of change.
1: Always carry change. Yeah, right. How are the restaurants set up overseas? Same as here. So with the server and everything. Uh Uh-huh. Sometimes
0: you're in a country where tipping is not required. Um, Sometimes you're in a restaurant in Italy where they give you a seven-course meal. Um, It's all different, but it's, you know, the way the waiter or waitress collects money, different than here. They wait, they, they don't just say, oh, will take this. When you're ready, sir, they stand there and they wait for you to pay as soon as you finish the meal. And they have a smile on their face, but they don't move until you pay. So, and a lot of countries don't take credit cards. So it's important to understand the culture, when to use cash, when not to use cash, um, Different food etiquette, different ways to sit, different hands to use, a lot of different things that students. We try to
1: prepare them as much as possible, but um, you know, it, the more you know, the better the experience. For greeting, right, and other kind. Of, yes. Here it's a hey, how you doing? Shake your hand, this kind of thing. In some countries, they kiss on the cheek.
0: That's well. In some countries, like Qatar, they they rub noses. Uh, the Man, did, did you do that? Ten you... days. <laughs> that was Ten days, a handshake and nose to nose. Uh, Saudi Arabia, a kiss here and then four kisses here. Uh, Egypt, a kiss on each side. Uh, Thailand, it's a swatika. Uh, Japan, it's just a bow. China, it's a handshake. So, I would say, you know, and we prepare our students for what they're going to experience. But it's always good to do a little research before you
1: travel to a country. Your first time going to these countries, was it uh, di- uh, was it different? Do, uh, doing the nose touching for you?
0: For me, it was, uh, we knew it was coming. The okay. first time it was a little awkward. Um, it would be awkward here,
1: uh, but after a day or so in Qatar, it wasn't bad. And okay. Okay. Qatar, how did they treat the tourists there? Loved us. Everywhere you've been, they treated all the tourists good? Um, yeah, tourism's a huge source of revenue, so we've never had problems with rude rude um, uh, people from, the, from their host country, no. Do you ever go outside the tourist limits? Do you ever? I do. You do? Yeah. How is that when you go to like the local areas, not just the tourist areas? Uh, Well, it's a lot cheaper. Uh, For me, it's a lot um, more interesting to see
0: the real street organic, right? Um, So I like to walk a couple blocks away from the hotel and just venture into areas that you know the real.
1: Culture is, and for me, that's just something I've always done. Do you prefer like the real deal culture? Oh yeah. So you take like, would you rather be in the that area that's real and impoverished or tourist but nice and luxurious? Well, real and impoverished would, um,
0: you know, that most of the places we've been okay. to, the real looks as nice as the tourist. Okay. Um, but I have been in something like Nicaragua. I ventured a little bit out of the norm, and. Um, You know, it was
1: eye-opening, but the people were very nice. Um, How's the traveling? When you, like, the plane, how long are these flights when you go abroad? Uh, Europe's about eight hours.
0: hours. Uh, Vietnam was 19 hours. Uh, Qatar and Dubai were about 12. Our longest one is coming up in June. We're going uh, from Raleigh to Sydney, Australia. So we're looking at about 23 hours total, so a full day. Um, so you know, but when you fly international, the planes and the service
1: typically are a step up. Oh, okay. So it's not as bad as you might think. It's first class experience, almost. <laughs> At this point in travel, are you are you used to like the long flights? I am. Uh, so you don't get as tired. I'll tell you. Uh,
0: I was just talking about this with a colleague. Uh, the last three years. Uh, Going on a trip, going to the destination for me, I don't have jet lag. Coming home, the last two trips no jet lag. But I came back from South Korea two years ago, and it took me two months to recover
1: for some reason. So, uh, jet lag affects different people different ways. It took two months. What did you experience during that two months of uh...
0: Uh, tired in the afternoon more so than normal, just sluggish. Um, I didn't think I was ever going to get over it. And so and, uh, other than that, that trip we did to Seoul two years ago,
1: it was the hottest on record in that country. So about 105 the whole time we were there. How do you pack for these other countries when you go? Do you check the weather? Like, of course. How do you go about that? Yeah. Okay. I do a, a planning checklist. What's the weather like?
0: Is there any thing in the news that, you know, would change our trip or affect
1: our trip? And, you know, we prepare each group um, thoroughly. And how do you pack for these trips because they're long trips and you're there for several days, you're not at home? How do you We make- pack light. Oh, you pack light? Because how- you have to carry everything. Okay. Do you recycle? Do you re- like wear some of the same outfits? Sure. Okay. And there's sometimes laundry services if you want. Okay. Um, so, you know, we don't want to
0: carry too much. We want to we be able to move between
1: hotels as lightly as possible. That's what I try to convey. What's the minimum stay you've ever had out of the country? Um, Seven days, days. Cuba. So typically you stay there about a week or more. Uh, Seven, ten, and our longest trip has been Austria for three weeks. weeks. When you went to Austria, a place like that, for three weeks, do you feel like a tourist or do you kind of make yourself at home after the first? Um, Well, I've been there 11 times to Salzburg, and um, uh, I'm a tourist the first
0: day because it's so beautiful. I forget I've been there, and I start taking pictures of the things I've taken pictures of since 1987. It's that striking. I forget I've been here many times. Um, But Salzburg's a place that all of us find ourselves
1: so comfortable within a day or two that it feels like home. When you go to these places and you take, do you build portfolios or photo albums, or how do you go about that? Um,
0: I I have a, you know, I keep all the pictures, and I actually uh, put a bunch on our website, which anybody can check out under past picture trips. On the Wake Tech website under Travel Abroad. So we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures and videos of all of our trips and um, get a lot of views,
1: a lot of views, a lot of comments about them. Do you ever get, t- do you think you'll ever get tired of traveling? No. You always continue to travel? As long as I can, I will. Okay. What is your main motivation for traveling for you personally? Well, I want to, uh, other than uh, making
0: as many students aware of, how beautiful the world is! That's my number one. But personally,
1: to hit a hundred countries, hundred. How many have you been? To? Fifty-one. Fifty-one. Can you remember all those? Yeah. You could name them. I think so. Would you mind doing? Thailand, <laughs> Cambodia, Vietnam,
0: Laos, Burma, China, Taiwan, Japan, Canada, U.S., Mexico. Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, um, Iceland, Cuba, uh, uh, England, Ireland, Northern Ireland, uh, Wales, France, Belgium, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Liechtenstein, uh, Hungary, Poland, Slovakia, uh, Belgium, Luxembourg, Qatar, the UAE, um, Spain,
1: Italy, um, I, those are probably the ones that I might be missing a few. Is there a place you haven't been to that you desperately want to go to? Quite a few. What's just three? Um,
0: uh, um, I, I really am looking forward to going to Russia. Why Russia? I just heard about it so much growing up, and it is a beautiful country. I want to go to the Ukraine, um, definitely want to go to Israel. Um, Lots of places, you know, really anywhere. I definitely want to hit South Africa, or Nairobi, Kenya,
1: a lot of fascinating places that I hope I'll get to. Out of the 51, what are some of your most memorable moments that you may have experienced? Um, you know, going to Angkor Wat in Cambodia, one of the eighth
0: wonders of the world, and seeing this temple that I don't know how old it is, but just unbelievable place, and walking around the corner in Peru and seeing Machu Picchu and hearing people behind me say, you know, pictures don't do justice. Being in the Andes Mountains, looking at a a temple in the mountains with the clouds circulating above the peaks of the Andes really blew me away. Going to the hot springs in Blue Lagoon in in Iceland was unbelievable. Um, Seeing things I saw in history books in Havana, seeing the cannons by the hotel pointing out towards Florida.
1: Um, just, uh, just unbelievable experiences. So like the feeling is like indescribable, It's is something somebody would have to go Yeah, I, f- I
0: figured out it really can tell the story, but it's not as effective unless you're there. Oh, okay. Do you prefer to do videos when you're, or pictures?
1: Both. Okay. Both, they, both do a good job, but they don't do justice to actually be in there. And my last question before we uh, wrap it up. For the future students that want to travel and Mm -hmm. study abroad, what is some advice you may want to give them? Call me. Okay. (laughs) Sit down with me. I'll
0: take you through a presentation or show you some of the pictures and just talk to me about how you can do this. Because really, you should travel while you can. Maybe later in life. Uh, You might be tied down more financially. You might have more obligations, less time with your career. And you'll look back and say, I wish I would have done it now. Well, Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So that was uh, me being interviewed by Justin Silver on the Michael Uhr show back in early March about our program. And another great shout out to Justin Silver, who certainly has a career in interviewing people and working in either the media or for a radio station. So great job to both Michael Uhr and Justin. You're doing great. And um, you've been listening to Let's Talk Wake Tech Travel. My name is Jeff Myers and we have a lot of other episodes coming up shortly.